also Assistant Superintendent Lori Loving. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Let's jump right in because it is the end of July. That means back to school is right around the corner. It definitely is. We've been thinking a lot about back to school this year and what it might look like. Um, at, at our office, we're working a little bit. We're going to work with the school districts and run a back to school campaign because this is a big change for our students. Um, understanding and knowing what this transition might look like. What we do know is we really, there's a push to put kids back in school and obviously not have the remote learning um, access like we did last year. Um, with that being said, what it looks like in school is gonna, going to be a moving target. And we're going to learn to go with the flow and try to support our students and districts the best that we can. But we're going to start off at the beginning of the year with a back-to-school campaign. We're hoping to run some friendly competitions with our school districts um, for the percentage of attendance early on and just get kids in school and back together and back in their classrooms with their teachers. Absolutely. We heard of of truancy numbers last year where, you know, it was just so difficult. Basically, how could you even count? Yeah. So that was definitely a trend that we saw across the state, um, not just with truancy, but also with students who um, just didn't even register. So they didn't go to school. Um, So that's, you know, part of the reason we want to do this back to school campaign. We want to get the registration dates um, and first day of school out to, you know, all of the families is it's so important. That first step is to get your kid registered for school um, and then showing up on day one. Um, so we just at our, our four counties last year, we had about 1,300 referrals um, to our truancy department. Um, so we're really doing a lot this year to personalize um, that program, to reach out, make some personal contacts right away, um, just to check on families and kids and remind them that you got to get to school that first day and, and be there every day and be present. So um, we're working on that. We have a kind of a postcard campaign that we're going to do to send out postcards as a reminder um, and welcome everybody back, really. Um, I think it's so important that we build that connection in that community and and let these kids know that they are important they matter and and we want them there Um, we're also adding two new truancy positions um, this year to again just provide more of a personalized approach to truancy prevention um, and to provide some case management and wraparound services for families Uh, we anticipate there's not just that lack of motivation to go to school, but there's also a lot of social emotional barriers that prevent our kids from getting in school. Um, So we're really going to kind of focus on personalizing and and looking at those individual kids and families and try to reduce those barriers. So we just posted two positions yesterday. We hope to hire them soon for um, truancy case management with the focus on that social emotional part of of getting into school. Absolutely. We had an intern here uh, last semester and her father is a teacher up north and um, unfortunately their problem was students just didn't come back to school. They got a job instead and so you have to wonder, I mean you can't blame them in some ways because remote learning isn't for everyone. That's the the difficulty and and the challenge and the social and emotional challenges that can come from not being with your friends and your teacher and and all your teachers. So good job by you guys to really put an an A-plus effort toward getting our kids back in school. Yeah, so you mentioned the um, students who have dropped out of school. So we also have a new program that we just started last year um, in partnership with the Workforce Investment Office. 
And um, essentially, when students, you know, drop out and don't re-enroll into another school, we um, have that list and we have access to, you know, who those students are. And so we also are um, working with our truancy department to reach out to students who have maybe left school, not necessarily the immediate students who left to get jobs, but maybe those who have been out of school for a couple of years um, and they're kind of contemplating what their next steps are. And so um, we're working with those students to see if they either want to enroll into our adult education program um, to earn their um, GED or to work with the Workforce Investment Office and, and work towards higher employment or even going back to, you know, getting their GED and then going on to a community college. So there is funding through uh, the WIOA to support that. Um, and so we just want to make sure that, you know, those who have dropped out of high school, um, I think we can go up to age 25, that they know what those options are. And so, um, again, we're, we have some posters that we just printed for that, and we'll be making some personal contacts for those students as well. Another great idea, because you can always get your, your GED. And two-year colleges, trade schools, we need police, we need fire, we need sheriff's deputies, we need HVAC, plumbing. I mean, we're seeing a significant shortage, and, and there's some wonderfully talented uh, people with great, you know, ingenuity initiative that just need that, that step to help them get into that good direction and, and be an, a nice, have a, you know, contributing uh, position in society because these trades are so important. Yeah. I think absolutely. And, you know, what our program is trying to do is just help make those connections for those those young people who are looking for that place. Where do I go? How do I take that next step? And sometimes that answer is not clear and it's and it's hard to figure that out. So that's what this program hopes to do is is kind of help our young people take that next step. Right. OK. And Jody, if you would, there was more guidance from the IDPH. Uh, they issued another FAQ yesterday. Some of the terms were layered mask. Can you share with us the latest that's on your desk that you that yeah. moving target? Well, I think it might have changed today. You know, I'm not, yeah, because the CDC <laughs> issued know, a new right. So the IDPH was aligning their guidance with the CDC, and so that came out just with the the at, the frequently asked questions. Is kind of what we were waiting on is how do we answer some of these questions that we have, and just to highlight some of the changes. From the old guidance, the major changes can um, include promoting vaccination as the leading um, prevention strategy, right? So we're out there encouraging people to get vaccinated um, if you're coming to school. Alignment of the masking recommendations, which at that time were for individuals who were not fully vaccinated, um, which was the recommendation when the FAQ was written. Additional emphasis on the importance of offering in-person learning regardless of whether all of the prevention strategies can be implemented in a school. And so I think the intent this year is for kids to be in school. And we know how important this is. As you, Lori, both talked just a few minutes ago, the social-emotional impact that not having that interaction has had on our students has been pretty scary. And so we really need to do everything we can to help support those students in getting them back in school. Okay. And did you see similarities? You have four different uh, counties. So you have your, your Monmouth-Roseville, your United, you have Mercer County, you also have Galesburg. So you, you run the gamut of all sizes of school. Did you see the same challenges no matter the size of the school? Oh, I think absolutely. I think absolutely we did. I mean, we each school district takes a different approach based on their community, their board members, their decision-making process. But still, the the challenges are the same. 
Um, I think, you know, we, you know, some of our schools spent the entire year in school learning, however, with the shutdowns regularly, the in and out and in and out. And some districts made decisions to stay out for longer periods of time before they went in. And I think regardless of that, you were still running into a lot of the a lot of issues, regardless of what decision you made, because the consistency was a struggle. And we know at-home learning was a struggle for many as well. Okay. So one of the things, again, in the IDPH guidance, they also revised the close contact. So it's three feet rather than six feet, which I think will help districts a little bit. I know some of our, that's where you run into some of the differences with the larger districts. They have a really difficult time with that spacing, and they don't have space for all of their students, especially in the classrooms and those kinds of things. So I think that will be a little bit helpful. And then there's different things in the state that we're trying to come up with as far as testing in schools and what that might look like and doing testing as an alternative to quarantining. So there's some options there that districts are working on. And Again, we've met with our health departments every week Yes, for the last year and a half. You've sat on the same COVID-19 <laughs> calls that I've been on yes. every Thursday so, at 1.30. You know, we, you know, we've done that and, and, you know, have had those conversations. And I think while districts make a little different decisions in our region, they always talk to each other and they mm-hmm. always listen to what's happening at their neighboring district and, and what challenges they're having so they can help each other out. So... It's, it's been a collaborative process as we move through and try to make these decisions. But again, it's ever-changing. Yes, and it's going to keep changing. That's, that's something that uh, we'll just have to work with because each day there's, there's more news. So, Well, you, you guys are doing a wonderful job of trying to keep things as even as you can and balanced um, to, to keep that stress level lo- as low as you can on your districts, on your teachers. Um, last year it played such a role on on teachers, administrators, parents, caregivers. Uh, we're hoping for a much more successful school year. Absolutely. Now, stressful thing, too, is just like I mentioned, police, fire, HVAC, all that good stuff earlier, teachers, bus drivers, we're, we're needing those as well. So, yeah, what's interesting, we just we had one of our um, superintendents meetings last week. Um, Representative Swanson and Representative Hammond joined us, and we talked about challenges and issues, and And um, Dan Swanson said, so how many of you have open positions or filling positions with people who are not yet fully um, qualified? All of us at the table um, are in that situation. And so we made a list of of what those positions are. There are a lot of them. However, the state has worked really hard to help create opportunities for us to get folks in the classrooms as we're getting them certified which is, is really helping our districts. Um, there's also been a, an, I don't know if it's been signed by the governor yet, but a chance to bring retired teachers back full-time um, through a couple of years until we can get through this teacher shortage. So there are some things happening that are helping us at least get folks in the classrooms and not having to um, not offer certain courses and things like that. So we're kind of trying to find that balance and what works. So if there are folks out there that are wanting to become teachers or for second career folks, uh, contact our office because we would love to see other folks in the classroom and we'll do the best we can to get them there as fast as we can. Absolutely. And working with your colleges and universities and 
two and four year schools will be important to identify you know the teacher shortage and now bus drivers that's that's another tough one. Yeah, bus drivers, um, we continue to have a shortage in that area as well, and especially with the new challenges, you know, with COVID and, and considering the number of students that can safely be on a bus together. Um, some of the districts are looking at, you know, do we need to run additional routes and how do we, you know, accommodate for that? Um, but with the lack of bus drivers, that, that just adds another layer of, to that challenge. So um, I think it was two years ago, our office hosted a job fair um, to try to promote, you know, and get the information out about what it takes to become a bus driver Um, and you know people can contact our office if they want the information about you know what's required to become a bus driver and then we can certainly refer them out to the districts and and I know our school districts are starting to get very creative about how they are recruiting and looking for those bus drivers. Um, I think some of them are starting to offer you know sign-on bonuses and and different things like that just because if, if we don't have the bus drivers, it ends up being our administrator. You're driving the bus in addition to, you know, looking at all of these other things that need to be in place. So. Which has happened. Oh, it has happened frequently. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ladies, anything else that you want folks to know about the Regional Office of Education as we get ready for back to school? I would just encourage people to um, start following us on Facebook. I feel like um, everything that we have, because things are happening so fast and changing, and um, we really use our Facebook page to promote um, our services and what we're offering. And so um, people can find us at Regional Office of Education number 33 on Facebook. And I would say that's the best place to find the latest information about all of our services and programs and how to reach us. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Jody, yeah, don't and as Lori said, don't hesitate to call our office um, if you have questions about getting into the teaching profession, bus driving, um, teacher's assistant, anything, anything related to our school districts. We would be glad to help, and so don't hesitate to call our office. Okay, ladies, thanks for the updates. I really appreciate it, and thanks for all that you guys do for education. Thanks for having us. Jody Scott with us, our regional superintendent. Also, Lori Loving, our assistant superintendent on 1330 WRAM and FM.